Welcome back. We're back, Ray and Ben, with episode two of season one, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, This episode is called Ted and Mary. It was, of course, written by Larry David and directed by David Steinberg. Its original air date was October 22nd, 2000. That was 10 days after my birthday that year. Ooh. Big day. Happy uh, belated 20 uh, 20 years later. Thank you. Thank you. That's about time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) What's the what's the cutoff on that? Right. Where's my yeah. What's the gift? I'll I'll, you know what? I'll allow I'll void the cutoff for the gift. Um, Okay. you you could probably ship direct to my address from Amazon, maybe. Yeah, I can do that. Awesome. You could go just go on your wish list and just pick up something. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. I'll figure out for inflation and figure out, you know, what what's a, a good gift. That's a good point. At that at that point, yeah. it's going to be a pretty like it's like more like a dollar store gift with inflation. If you like, you know, reverse yeah. reverse inflate. <laughs> um, has anything happened to you crazy since uh, last recorded? Uh, any curb stories? Well, any curb moments? So I was thinking about this before we came on and um, it. Well, you you be the judge. I'll tell you quick, and uh, and then we can. I thought you were gonna go first this time, but this one isn't that crazy. I I shouldn't, you know. Don't don't feel intimidated. I guess. Um, mine's mine's actually pretty good, and it just happened to me. Oh today, yeah. So. Okay. So yeah, that's why. See, you're the you want to be the main event today. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm just the opening act. So um, all right. Well, you be the judge. This was this pretty. I think it's pretty good. It's a it's a it's a scenario that normal people in theory were normal like us. Uh, <clears throat> wouldn't make a deal out of, or if we did, we'd keep it in our own thoughts and move on. But of course, if this happened in Kirby Enthusiasm, we would expect Larry to make it a big deal <clears throat> and question it and, and, and big make a scene. So, <clears throat> excuse me, my, um, my work required me to submit a document that needed to be signed. It got mailed to me. Um, I had to sign it. And mail it back, get it back to the person that it needed to get to, business manager. Um, so being relatively good with technology, I said, all right, I'll sign it and then I'll scan it uh, and just email it to, to the person. Well, makes sense. Yeah. So she's not very great with email, but she gets back to me um, like a week. She gets back to me today, actually, a week after I had emailed her the document. She says, well, <clears throat> I need the... I actually need the original. I can't accept a scanned copy. Uh, I need it, you know, with the ink on it. Basically, you need to mail it to me. 
Now, as we referenced last episode, we are living in a global pandemic and socially distancing. So I don't necessarily want to go out of my way to mail this document and go to the post office with my mask and my gloves and and take my own life into my hands um, for this one single piece of paper that really isn't entirely, you know, like the most important thing. And I thought in my head, well, if Larry, uh, if I was Larry or Larry was me, he would think just like what I thought. I was like, well, wait a second. I just bought a house and I digitally signed like my life away. I'm on the hook for, you know, 300 plus thousand dollars. And I was, those were <laughs> digital signatures. And this simple document that's basically just a confirmation of like what I'm supposed to make per year, uh, it can't be, a di- it can't be digitally signed. Like, I don't understand. So I was imagining myself being Larry just like in this case through email or calling her and be like, but I don't understand, you know, and having it become like a big interaction and it blows, blows up. up and, right. Yeah. So, you know, for me, not every curb moment is as, is, is as insane as what we see on the show, but they're like, they're like little seeds that could have been curb moments if we wanted them to be. Yeah, totally. And that's funny that you said that because mine plays into the whole uh, COVID-19 thing that's happening. So, um, I own my own business and so I'm trying to do everything with like the small business administration and like nobody has any answers for it. Anyway, I called my credit union and I was on, I was on talking to this woman and like, like she had no idea like on, you know, what I should do. And it was just like getting really apparent with every question that I asked. So then eventually she put me on hold and, uh, uh I was on hold for like, you know, no lie, like maybe 25 minutes. Like it was, it was a long time. And then she hopped back on the phone and she's like, all right, sir. So I blah, blah, blah. and she was just like, you know, most people like when they come back, they're like, you know, are you still there? Like she just like hopped right in. So that was one thing. But then outside of that, she was like, Hey, like I wasn't able to figure it out. Like I'm going to talk to one of my business associates. And she's like, and then uh, let me take some basic inf- information from you and I'll contact you once I hear back. And I'm like, Oh sure. So like, I was pleasant the whole time. Everything was going great. And, um, I had like, my phone was like right by my side. So then like I left my, I gave her my name, my number and she's like, she's like, all right. So like, I'll call you like when this comes in. And like, once I figure out some more information, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I said like something like that. That's great. And then, um, I went to go look at my phone, like to tap it, to have it turn on so that I could like get ready to turn it off. But apparently my screen had already been up and on. So when I tapped it, I tapped like the, the hang up button. So... So obviously she has my information. She knows like the situation and she has to call me back, but hopefully she knows that like maybe I just got disconnected and I wasn't hanging up on her because the call was done. I had waited for so long on the phone that maybe she's like, this guy is like a huge jerk. He's just like hanging up on me. Like as soon as he was just like, all right, you can't help me. Well, call me when you can. And then like hang up. But like, that's not what I meant to do. So like, I can just see her like not like calling me back (laughs) and I'm expecting her to call, but there's no way for me to call the credit union and and get that person. I don't remember her name. Oh man. Um, So it's just like, and then like, so I just didn't. Oh, happen. right. So I was just like, as soon as it happened, like I could just hear like bump, bump, bump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, uh, right. Like you, that just happened to me today. Had you called her or called the back, the bank and you're, you know, you talk to somebody, you're like, well, I, you know, I, I was spoke, I spoke to this woman. I think she thinks I hung up on her. You know, like you start, it would be Larry. It would be yeah. like going through the litany, like describing the whole scenario to this random like coworker and being like, do you exactly. think, you know, like who, who I might've been talking to? Um, or it's like the person's like, oh, it's you. 
Oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great, sir. We're, we're we're having a very difficult time in our in our country, and we need people to be as polite as possible. And yeah, exactly. Right, right. It reminds me almost of uh, <clears throat> the scene in Anger Management when he's on the plane. Oh, totally. Right? Huh. Uh, I'm calm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, sir. This yeah. is a very difficult time in our country. Um, uh, good stuff. So that was that. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Yeah, I'll keep them coming. I will do. Hopefully, I don't like when they happen. Sometimes it's funny, but this this could be bad. So. <laughs> Sometimes they're. Right. That's a good point. I mean, this is like life. This is like life altering. You know, for you, you might, you might, you know, uh, your application like our, gets like, like put, you know, under in the bottom of the pile. <laughs> gets or, denied. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I'm gonna have to switch things. Yeah, it's a mess. Um. Anyway, you want to get into the episode? Yeah, let's do it, man. Ted and Mary. Cool. So we open up scene one at Pickwick Bowl, which is in Burbank, California, and uh, we see Larry David's with Cheryl, and they're with uh, Ted Danson and Mary Steenbergen. Um, did you want to talk about them at all before I get going? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, uh, so you know, <clears throat> these of of all the characters, and they will become reoccurring, but for just kind of guest guest stars, uh, two big names. Uh, Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen uh, married in real life and um, mm-hmm. both actors. Uh, Ted Danson obviously being most famous as Sam Malone in Cheers, uh, which of course uh, Cheers and Seinfeld were, um, you know, competing sitcoms, if you will, kind of. Um, I know Seinfeld, I believe, got its start by <clears throat> piggybacking off of Cheers, if I remember correctly, right? Right, and Larry David did not like that. He said, we don't want to be recognized as Cheers' his little brother. Exactly, exactly. So there's some good kind of drama um, from the 90s as it relates to Ted Danson and, and Larry and Jerry. And, and you even see in something like the finale or whatever with, with George, or through, anytime they go to NBC, he talks about Ted Danson. Yes, right. You know, is this the plane they give Ted Danson and everything like <laughs> yes, that? Yes, <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, there's yeah. this great little rivalry that's very subtle and, and uh, yeah, you wouldn't pick up on it unless you, like you said, the, the pilot episodes when they kind of, that season they reference Ted a lot. Um, <clears throat> of course, when he shows up in Curb, he was also by this point back starring in a sitcom known as Becker, uh, which was pretty popular. I believe it was on CBS. <laughs> uh, he played Dr. John Becker. Um, and of course, every time I hear that, Names. Uh, I think of the episode where yeah. <laughs> the drunken uh, limo driver, right? Where he like, hey, back <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so you know, he and he's been he's been in a ton of stuff. I mean, I was looking on IMDb. I mean, I f- totally forgot. You know, he he was uh, DB Russell on CSI. Um, so yep. he's had just like these huge roles, and that's just in TV, you know. And he's he's had some good roles. Um, the one that came to my mind that I remember. Uh, was Jack? He played Jack in Three Men and a Baby, which you know that was like mm-hmm. a classic. Like when we were kids, be on like TNT or something on TV, watch it. Mary, uh, his wife. Uh, it's interesting. I've seen her in a lot of roles. She's had a lot of smaller one-off, you know, character roles through the eighties and the nineties. Um, her biggest roles, obviously, for for me anyway, Nancy. She plays Nancy Hoff in Step Brothers. She plays the mom in Step Brothers. Will Ferrell's mom. Uh, and um, she played Gay, uh, Gail Klosterman 
in The Last Man on Earth. Do you remember that show? A few years ago, uh, Will Forte's Fox show? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize she was in I that. I didn't either, yeah. I think maybe she was a character that got added later in the show. I, I think I watched the first couple of seasons, and I, I actually liked, liked the premise a lot and liked the idea of it, and I like Will Forte, but uh, it kind of fell out. And then... Uh, most recently, she played a teacher in The Good Place, which is a brand new show, just started in 2020. Um, Featuring Ted Danson. Right, which I haven't I haven't gotten into yet. Um, have you watched that by any chance? Uh, I had a hard time getting into it. Okay. It's really weird. Oh, is it? At least I thought. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to dig in. But, um, you know, great to kind of see them acting as themselves, as many of the more, you know, famous these guest stars in Kirby Enthusiasm tend to do. They tend to play them uh, a fictional version of themselves, if you will. Um, right. Anyway, yeah. So that's them. Yeah. No. Awesome. Cool. Um, so they're pl- they're bowling, of course, and uh, Mary gets a strike or picks up a spare. I couldn't really see on the score sheet, but uh, so LD needs to get a spare to win. They say. Right. Um, so Ted calls him out and asks if he's going to do that uh, wiggle step again. Um, and I did notice on like a second rewatch that Mary says, "Oh, I thought that was cute" or something. So there's already like that little like that thing brewing that we'll get into uh, between Larry David and Mary. Uh, Larry David goes on to say, like, he's not going to count anything if he hears them talking and, you know, obviously taking it very seriously. Um, Larry David ends up picking the strike and uh, he wins the round and and Ted gives him $20 and asks for change, which I think is funny. You know, obviously they had like a $10 bet on the game, um, but these guys make more money than God. And it's like, you know, they get $10 on a game and he's going to ask for change out of a 20, which I think is just kind of funny. Um, uh, Ted and Mary then invite Larry David and Cheryl to a Paul Simon concert this weekend because they have a luxury box. Um, and uh, they're obviously very excited. Cheryl wants to go. But in true Larry David fashion, um, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he's like, oh, we'll have to think about it. We'll have to think about it. But you can kind of tell that he's just joking. He seems like he's he wants to go. Uh, the scene then goes on. Larry, David, and Cheryl uh, then go to drop off their bowling shoes to get their sneakers to go home. And the bowling attendant uh, asks Larry, David, if he had a fun time while he's kind of reaching and grabbing <laughs> and pulls out these disgusting white sneakers. Um, do you have anything on this bowling attendant? Yeah, I mean, first off, I, I the the bowling and no talking statement that, that LD makes, um, yes. it reminds me, and it's, it makes sense that Larry's an avid golfer. It reminds me of this kind of you go up onto the tee uh, tee box golfing and you know if any sound occurs in your backswing it's just like it not only ruins your swing and you'll probably shank it but it becomes your excuse is the reason why you hit a bad shot in the first place right right um, yeah you're all, you're almost hoping somebody's gonna talk so that if it is good you keep it but yes. if somebody did talk you can go again yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, so that's interesting first off uh, and then second off those shoes are absolutely horrid it's like they're disgusting. <laughs> first off, I mean that's their their dad sneakers. Who wears like they're like white, all white New yeah. Balance sneakers or something. Yeah, and they look like Adidas, but I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and then and then who? It looks like they were like mud bogging in the shoes, and then just decided to go bowling. Yeah. Uh, they had cut the lawn like once or twice <laughs> in them. Like yeah. yeah. So yeah. So our our um our uh, bowling uh, counter uh, op- uh, guy or guy in charge of the of uh, the rental shoes and um cashier is uh, the actor's name is uh Louis Mastillo or Masillo um looks like an Italian guy so uh he I recognized him when I saw when I watched this again uh and I recognized him from Mike and Molly 
You remember that show? So oh, he played great show. Yeah. Uh, I always saw bits and pieces of it. and never any cohesive. I never watched it like in a, in a row or anything like that. But uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so he played Vince. He played that. Vince. So if I remember correctly, Vince is Molly is like Molly's stepdad. I think. Okay. Um, I haven't. It's been a while since I watched the show, but yeah. Uh, great, you know, actor. Very, you know, kind of dry comedic delivery, which I think makes it uh, makes him, you know, funny in that sense. Um, he doesn't really play that part in Curb in this episode. Um, you know, he just kind of plays just like a guy trying to like, you know, feels bad for Larry, trying to help him out. Um, <clears throat> and then the other major role that he was in, uh, at least a couple of seasons, he was in The Sopranos. He played Sal uh, Vitro. Uh, I know my big. Sopranos, my family are big uh, watchers. I've rewatched the series, you know, multiple times, that kind of thing. Um, Is that because you're Italian? I guess so, yeah. I never got into the show. <laughs> I, my dad loves it, but yeah, it's, you know, it's wanna, wannabe mafia people, I guess. Um, or are we wannabe? I don't know. But nevertheless, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest, uh, I think, we should reference here with our buddy uh, Lewis, uh, he's a double dipper. He is a hmm. Curb Seinfeld double dipper. You, I mean, you're the sign guy. You think you can guess this? You're gonna, t- you're gonna tell me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. Can you give me like a hint? Uh, or is it really hard? If I get, I mean, I'm sure this hint's gonna give it away. I think. Well, that's kind of what I want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually think he was in two episodes because I might, I'm, I can't remember. You'll be able to tell me. I can't remember if this is of the same episode that I wrote him down in, but the, whoa, that's a lot of potatoes. Oh. But that's a hint, I think, for a different episode. But they, but they, it's the same Sorry, character. just give it to right. me. So, um. He's the next, he's the neighbor or whatever. His, his, uh, how about, here's the, the real giveaway. His bird, his bird died. No way. Yeah, it's a really. The straw, he's the neighbor in the strong box. He li- right. Jerry locks him out of the apartment. Dude, that's literally your curb story from last episode. <laughs> yeah. Was the guy who wouldn't let you up because there were a lot of burglaries. <laughs> yeah, in the how weird oh is that? Oh my god, I cannot imagine. Dude, that's that's amazing. Right. And remember, and then they get stuck in the elevator with him and his wife. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, you live right, right here on this floor," yeah. and that is his, you. Yeah. his name is <laughs> Phil in the show. Yeah, and the bird's name is I think it's Fernando. Yes, I think you're right. Yep, and that it's a yeah. great episode because that's when like Kramer right wants to take the pictures of everybody. Um, and no, that so that's different? the kiss hello. the The strong box is um is is different. Um, oh, the strong box. Okay. Uh, the, the, so he doesn't recognize. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. It it was um um. Oh, wait a second. So the strong boss, so Phil is like diagonally across. He He's diagonally across from Jerry, right? So he's kind of like next door to Kramer. Yeah. Okay. And. and But what's the strong box? Like Kramer, t- Kramer has a big role. Kramer episode, puts right? all of his valuables in a strong box and he tries hiding the key and he puts the key like in a drawer, like and Jerry opens it right away. Right. And then he puts it like. The intercom shorted out because he put it in the intercom, and then he's like, oh, "I put it someplace where he wouldn't find it." He put it like in Fredo's right. uh, food, uh, food, and the bird ate it. And then they had to go. Uh, oh, he had the cufflinks. Right. He had right. the cufflinks. They had to dig up the um, bird. That's what it was at the end. He w- yeah. he was meeting Jerry Lewis, yeah. and George kept saying, "You already have it in. You have the same first name, <laughs> right. Jerry." Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, and that's but right. Yeah, they, and then they, so they, Phil's 
Yeah. And Phil shows up to the cemetery with his wife and he's like, all right, we can say bye one last time. And he's like, all right, come on, let's dig him yeah, up or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Let's slice him yeah, up. Jerry's like covered in dirt and they've been, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now it comes back. There's so many episodes. It's hard. To, I can't keep track. Oh my God. Oh, that's a good yeah. find. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that, so that's it on that's him. That's it on him. That's the. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, like you said, he pulls out these disgusting shoes And so Larry David, you know, states that his shoes were brown, they had tan laces, and he kind of invites Larry behind the counter to look at them. And, you know, he has like these like weird lines where he's kind of just like, oh, you know, they gotta be. Those, no, these are your shoes, you know? And uh, even uh, Ted walks over and he's like, you know, are you sure these aren't them? (laughs) Which I think that's such a stupid thing to say. And he's like, he knows what his shoes look like. Um, Cheryl describes him a little bit further by saying there's bubbles on the soles. And then uh, he has like this weird reaction to it, the the attendant, where he goes, yeah, 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 I know, I know. And he puts like his hands in his face like he's so embarrassed. Uh, and that's when he states that he he pulled them out and that some other guy took them. Um, <laughs> and I love this line where Larry David says, what kind of man would take someone else's shoes? And then Mary says, the man who has these shoes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which is great, a great um, line. Yeah. It's so matter-of-factly, and she's just, like, so sweet. Um, the attendant's like, oh, you know, have you write down your information. Uh, when the guy returns, I'll give you a call. He's like, how can I give you, uh, you guys bowl a lot? Can I give you passes? How about 10 free passes? And Ted Take dancing again, such a jerk. Yeah. You know, go for yeah, the passes. Yeah. Go for the passes. Yeah. Uh, does this happen to you for, a, you know, a lot? And then even when they're walking away and he's in his socks on, you know, Larry, he says, um, Oh, do you want to go for a walk? Yeah. And he's Ted's just such an asshole. I know. He's just like, no, like, n- there's no empathy. It's just like, oh, this is great. Good no. opportunity to make fun of Larry for once, kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Just rub it in. Uh, so that's the end of that scene. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in that scene before we move no, forward? No, no. Let's go. Cool. So, scene two, we uh, it's Larry, David, and Cheryl. They come home. They're walking up the stairs at night. And they're really excited about the way that the night went. Super excited for the Paul Simon show. And, um,. Larry David said, I must have made some impression to get those tickets. Um, and they kind of had that conversation with, uh, you know, I think they were a great couple. Do you think we were a great couple? Do you think that they think that we're a great couple? Um, is that something that you and Liv do when you guys go out with another couple? Well, so I would say, yeah, in some ways I'm very much like Larry. I'm just like, oh, they were, you know, they were a lot of fun. Like we should do that again. You know, like, uh, oh, she was great. You know, he, he, he was not so good, you know? Like he's he's kind of a kind yeah. of a tool. Like we we went on a um, a triple date uh, a few weeks ago, um, and it was that kind of dynamic where it's like you know all the girls are good friends and the guys are kind of like slapped together because we're like the significant others. Um, and we yeah. we you know they're good they're good guys so we made a made a fun time out of it. But it it's that kind of like it's like oh you know one of the cup one of the people in those couples are like, yeah, take it or leave them. But I like that person. But what I found interesting about this, and it just, I never thought of it this way, but if you're going on a date, like a, you know, one-on-one, you walk away from that date thinking, oh, I wonder if she liked me, you know, oh, we, oh, I felt pretty good. Like we hit it off. Oh, and now when you're with somebody and you start doing these double dates, it's really the same concept. You're walking away being like, totally. did they like us? You're like now a single entity. And yep. it's it's literally a double date in the sense that you're on a date with these, these two other people. Yeah, Alice and I do this all the time. Uh, we actually, now we moved up to Maine 
Uh, it's weird making friends like in your 30s, like most people are already having kids, they're a little bit established in their career, they already have their friends, and we certainly have our friends, but uh, a lot of our friends are like down in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, um, and we're kind of like homesteaders in the fact that we're like the furthest north, so like we don't really, we have a couple of different people that we can call on a weekend just to hang out real casual, but I feel like we're still kind of in this weird friendship dating scene where, same thing, we'll go out and uh, we come back and it is like that unit where it's like, you know, and we've had people that we've hung out with before and like, it'll be the same thing. Like we both like the wife, but like, and she's like, and Allison's like, Oh, I thought the husband was kind of nice. And I was like, Oh, he's kind of a jerk. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, and she's like, Oh, should we call him up again to hang out? And I'm like, you know, and that's the thing too, is I, I get really picky the older that I get too. And I'm like, no, like it's either I like them both or like, we're not going to be spending time with them. Right. Um, and that's something that Larry gets into here too, where he's just like, you know, she's she's really great, though. You know, he says, what a beautiful person, not only on the outside, but she has an inner beauty. And he said, it's a shame that I could never be friends with her because she's a married man and I because she's a married woman and I'm a married man. Uh, Cheryl says, you know, don't let me don't let me stop you. Right. Um, but that is weird. And, and I think it's later. And it happens with uh, Ted and Cheryl about the platonic relationships, about like how hitting is like sex for people in platonic relationships. Right, right, right. Um, Which this is so interesting because we just did, we just talked about the pants tent and Cheryl's kind of consistent here where she's like, well, like why don't you want to go to the movies with my friend Nancy? Like what's the big deal, right? So she doesn't really see an issue, no, whether you get along or not, that like a, a married guy in a in a, you know, either a married or uh, another woman outside of your relationship can't be friends. Yes, until until later in this episode when she kind of gets a little upset, which we'll get into, right. um, which is like that inconsistency that I think any couple like I feel like if Allison, I'd be like, yeah, I don't I don't really mind it. But then as soon as I mind it, I'd be like, hey, I don't this isn't cool anymore. Right. And it's totally dependent on my mood and like whatever I think's happening. So oh, it's so true. Um, like I'd want to be able to hang yeah. out with like other girls, but like if if yeah. my wife was hanging out with other guys, I'd be like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess you kind of see Ted dance and do that later yeah. too. The other thing that comes out in this conversation that I love is uh, uh, the heaven oh, thing so that good. we talk about all the time. Is everything's heaven with him? You know, he said he had a piece of gum that was heaven. The chocolate bar was heaven. The parking space was heaven. Um, See these, and I just these are the that. kind of things where I wonder um, where this came from. Does Ted like does Ted in real life do that, and that's why so Larry's yeah, bringing yeah. it up and making fun, or did somebody else in uh, in Larry's life or some another writer on the show like is this a story from you know real life that comes from somebody else, and they're just kind of attaching it to Ted in the episode? Like it's kind of an interesting concept when <clears throat> you have somebody who's constantly just doing the same thing over and over and it's just like oh boy here we go again you know right yeah exactly uh another thing i want to touch on this scene too is the uh um you know the personal hygiene questions and he's like i, I just assume that you you get the personal hygiene questions and i can hang out with mary if we're going to be friends with them and cheryl has this line which is like yeah it must be hell living with ted dancing right right, right. <laughs> which is again funny. building him up to this kind of bigger than life type of person you know yeah. Uh, um, and then right before the scene ends, uh, she goes in the bathroom and you hear him saying, oh, what about all that Clinton stuff? Um, you know, right. saying, and then he just stares off the scene. I love the way the scene ends. He's like, oh, she's great. She was great. <laughs> yeah. You know, just so like infatuated with her and just like, uh, it's pretty great. I know. No. And I've, I've fallen into that where you have to be careful. Like you come home from a double date or anything like that, you know, you're with other people and you got to like toe that line of like, you can't 
like overextend. You can't be too enthusiastic. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because then it just, like you said, Cheryl, <laughs> then eventually at some point people get suspicious or concerned. I get guess. Suspicious. Yeah. suspicious minds. Suspicious yeah. Um, anything else on that scene? No, I mean, I, I just love the, um, I kind of love the idea that, uh, the heaven, everything's heaven. So like my mom is like one of these people who, um, everything is her favorite. You know, it's like at some point, nothing is your favorite because everything is your favorite. (laughs) So like, right. We'll go to a restaurant. Oh, this is my favorite restaurant. Watch a show. This is my favorite show. But like she's done that for like thousands of different restaurants and shows that I can't you can't keep it straight anymore. Um, but she's just like so over the top with her like, you know, I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but her ability to kind of like uh, compliment, you know, things in people. Um, yeah. So like it's that it's Ted dancing like everything's heaven. Everything's heaven with this guy. You know, like. Like, I'm always saying that to him. Like, everything, everything's your favorite. Like, nothing can be your favorite. <laughs> That's such a mom oh, thing. I love that, absolutely. though. Um, next scene, we are, it's the next morning at Larry David's house, and uh, he's sitting reading the paper when uh, the phone rings, and we find out it's Mary, and we find out it's Mary because he goes, Hey, Mayor! Wow! Good morning! And I love this thing, because she'll do it with him later, um... There's certain names where you can do that. Like, he's Larry, and she'll call him Lair. Right. And uh, he's Mary, and he calls her Mare. Um, and it's just kind of like that little pet name. Uh, it kind of recaps how fun uh, the night was. And I love this. And I didn't pick this up until I watched it the second time. And he goes, oh, you know, it was just heaven. It was just heaven. <laughs> yeah. And there's a pause. And you hear, you kind of, obviously, as Mary's speaking on the phone, you don't hear it. Uh, and he goes, he does? <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, but he just talked about yeah. it. So, like, what is, you know, what is he doing right. there? It's is so he calculated. like, it's, it is. I love it too. Um, uh, so, uh, then the next thing is, uh, you know, she finds, he finds out that she's going to go shopping at Barney's and he kind of invites herself to go along. Uh, says he doesn't have any sweaters. And there's a pause on the phone and Larry David says, what time? And then the scene ends. Did you have anything to add I, on to those I notes? I mean, I love the fact that, first off, they just had a conversation where it seems it's pretty clear that Larry and Cheryl either had never met Mary or hadn't spent a lot of time with her. <clears throat> Hence why they're talking about where Larry is, how great she is and this, you know, it's, so it's not like they're all old friends and they've been hanging out for years. So I found right. it strange that the night or, you know, the day after they go out on this double date, you know, he answers the phone. Oh, Hey mayor. Like, you know, it's like the long time, like pals. Um, also, also, why is she? Why is she calling? I know he says something about he's like, oh, I have Ted's money, but there's no way she's calling him in the morning to say, hey, where's the ten dollars? No, she's um, probably doing that. You know, this is old, old fashioned now, sadly, but it's like that. Hey, we had a great time last night. Hope you guys did too. You know, she's just I think I assume yeah. that that's the call. Yeah. yeah, that is nice. I like to do that through text still today. Like either later that night if we didn't get home too late or certainly the next day text and say hey we had a great time we'll shoot it again soon yeah um, for sure that's just how the how it's gone nowadays but you know a, a call might be too much sometimes but even like you know like we talked about like that dating you know friendship type thing nowadays that we do uh is yeah we do the same thing it's like if you had a good time you definitely follow up to let them know that you did in fact have a good time and because it's it's kind of that golden rule like i would like to have somebody text me and say that as opposed to be like did they have a good time did they not because you know it's that's you kind of go back and forth uh on that 
Um, yeah, but we, let's see. We, the next we scene, didn't have a good time, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, you never text me back. <laughs> uh, so next scene, uh, Larry David is walking around the mall and walks behind Mary and says a little drab, I think, uh, about a blouse that she has, which is I love. I love like just like that way that of introducing yourself or saying hi is just like pretending you're already in mid conversation or just kind of like pretending like. You know, it's, it's just it's just he's funny. so confident. Uh, yeah, it's a confident move. Yeah, very confident with. Mary yeah, for some reason. Yes, he is. Yeah, for some reason. Uh, and then Mary turns around, gives Larry a hug and a big smile and says, hey, Lair. Uh, so we have the mayor and Lair thing, like I said before. Mm-hmm. And then um, Mary introduces Larry to her mother and from this is my mother from Arkansas. Do you have anything on? Anne? Yeah. Um, so, again, her real name is Anne Haney. Um. But she's not really Mary's mom, right? No, not really Mary's mom. Um, okay. Great character actor. Uh, I recognized her um, from Liar Liar, and that checked out. She was Mrs. Selner in... Uh, no, excuse me. She was Greta in Liar Liar. Um, she was Mrs. Selner in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's where I recognized yeah. her from, yeah. So those were the two big ones. Um, and uh, she was also in an episode of Boy Meets World, the classic uh, ER... Um, unfortunately, this is it's kind of sad. She passed away in May of 2001. Um, oh, so wow. That, so, like, pretty quickly. I yeah. mean, less than a year from this. Right. It's really six, six months from when the episode aired. So, figure a year, wow. maybe a year after it was filmed. I don't, you know, that's kind of wow. sad. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, hmm. she seemed, like, relatively uh, in good health. Healthy. Yeah, and, you know. yeah. She seemed no different than she looked in Liar Liar or uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, right. really. And that was several years earlier, huh. so. Um, wow. Yeah, so that's too bad. But I mean, great. I mean, I love her in those two those two roles. She was also, uh, and this is this is a great movie uh, if you've never seen it. But um, she was Mrs. Chapel in um, the American President with Michael Douglas. Have you ever seen? Oh, that? I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, movie. it's been a while, yeah. but yeah, yeah. no, great. Uh, and Annette, no, Annette Benning, I believe, is is the love interest in that that movie. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, great, great actress. So too bad she's not around to. Uh, Did you see if she is really from the South? It seemed like she always kind of has that draw. She did, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't check that. I should have double checked that. Maybe she actually is from Arkansas, um, but she okay. certainly has that. Is her natural? You know, she's speaking in her natural voice for sure. Yeah, it doesn't sound forced or no, anything. No, no. So, um, anyway, Larry David states that uh, he's never been to Arkansas, um, and they both respond. You know, it's beautiful. And Anne says, "You must, you must come. You must come." And uh, Larry David said that he's not allowed in certain states. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's incorrigible. Um, Mary laughs, so you can tell that like Anne's still kind of like learning his sense of humor a little bit. Like, you know, who is this guy? He really just came behind my wife, and now he's like, you know, now he's like, he's in this conversation. Like, I, you know, she's still kind of figuring him out. For sure. Um, you know, Mary makes a, a note to say, you know, she has some pull. I used to, used to know the governor. <laughs> of course, referring to, uh, you know, right. Bill, Bill, Bill Clinton. Um, <laughs> Mary um, shocked that. Larry would come shopping, um, and Larry David uh, states that he loves to shop. Uh, and Mary says, "You're the only man I know who loves to shop." Uh, Larry David then uh, comments on her half sweater, half shirt, just as an employee comes over with the same one. Um, and uh, Larry David tries it on. You're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so they're both like now matching, and then uh, wearing the shirt. Uh, he says, "Do you mind if we both wear the same shirt?" And she goes, "I would be so honored." And again, just like this, she just oh, she is so sweet. And I'll, I'll say right here, because it's if it isn't clear now, like I am totally smitten by <laughs> um, by her. Um, I like her in um, 
you know, stepbrothers. I think she actually gets more attractive the older oh, that she yeah. gets. It's like a fine, like <laughs> um, a fine wine. She just like that. Uh, she has that flinty voice, mm-hmm. and she just is such a sweetheart. Um, she's, you know, she's and flinty. I, I would wear a half. I'd, I'd yeah, flinty. <laughs> I'd wear a half sweater, half shirt to match Absolutely. her if it would honor her as yeah. well. Uh, any notes on on this scene for oh, you? Oh no, I'm I'm totally in the same boat. I mean, you know, she she looks great with the short hair in this episode, but I mean, she she's so awesome in Step Brothers. I mean, her yeah uh, interactions with Will Ferrell. Um, in particular, I just like <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, she's she's definitely a uh, a hot a hot mom for sure. <laughs> uh, next scene, Larry David is uh, walking between. It's kind of like a scene break, so he's walking between his mom and uh, and Mary, and they're still in Bernie uh, at Barney's right. and talking about different clothes. And that's when they come to the this uh, this shoe section, and uh, Larry David remembers, oh, I should try to replace those shoes from the other night. So Larry approaches uh, an employee and begins to describe uh, the shoe, and he kind of looks to Mary to help to describe it. And for whatever reason, um, the bubbles on the bottom of the shoes is the is what everyone needs to know. Whether you're you know you're an attendant at a bowling alley or you're working at Barney's, that that they're campers. Right. Um, do you have anything on this on this employee at this the shoe attendant? Yeah, so I do actually. <clears throat> um, some good, some really good stuff. Um, so he's been in a t- just just some really just some really great <laughs> as you're like flipping through your notes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, so his name is Tim Bagley, uh, the actor, shoe salesman. Yep. Here. Um, big big roles, you know. Uh, he was Larry, he played Larry in Will and Grace. Um, came okay. back for the Will and Grace reunion season or reboot. Um, I recognized him not from that, but from Knocked Up. Remember that Seth Rogen movie? He, I do. That's not what I remember him from. So okay, so he was in. Uh, so he was in Knocked Up. He played the uh, like the doctor, the gynecologist who confirms that Catherine Hagel's character is pregnant. Uh, uh, okay, and she starts like sobbing, you know, uh, and she's got like her like feet on the stirrups still, and he just he like <laughs> gives Seth Rogen like an awkward look. He's like, I, I guess I'll I'll leave you two alone or something to that effect. Um, so that's you know it's a small role, also, but it, it stuck with me. The uh, characters in that name too. She's Allison, and uh, Rogen is Ben. Also, no by way. the way, that's yeah. insane. I know that's, that's that pretty is funny. pretty cool. So, well, where did you recognize him from? Employee of the month. Oh, I didn't get that one. It's good. I think he is. D- did you see that one at all or no? Um, I might have missed it. I didn't actually see that one, but I might have missed it. He, I believe he plays like um, the 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 two people that own the company, uh, the two bosses. The other one is, um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, is Mickey from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. And then he's like his older brother. And so it's uh, employee of the month is uh, what is it's Dane, Dane Cook, Cook yep, right? Yep. Um, but that's what I remembered him from because he was kind of funny in that he was like a big pushover, and um, I feel I feel really bad. But the the actor who plays Vinny is like this overbearing younger brother, and obviously like you know he's smaller than him too. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a it's a kind of a funny movie in that regard too. Okay, um, so yeah, I, but that's what I remember him from. I also I I watched a little bit of the show um, Teachers. Which um, oh yeah, he was, pr- he was the principal, Principal Pearson. Um, having said that, he was also in Wanda Sykes' show. Wanda does it. 
played a guy named Tim, oh, okay. Tim Brewer. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, Seinfeld, Curb. Uh, he is a double dipper. We have another one. He's in Sign? He's in Sign. Oh, my God. I could just hop on IMDb and pretend like I knew it along. Oh, my God. Um, Do you want me to give you a hint? Yeah, give me a hint. Bob Cobb. Bob Cobb, like the maestro? Yeah, he's in the maestro. He's the he's, in the, he's the clothing store manager. I can't remember the I can't remember the store that I didn't have a chance to watch the episode once I saw this, but he's the clothing uh. store manager that um you know George is in and he gets into a Oh, you're right. So he's the one he's dating uh his girlfriend is the guy who owns the store and he's the one he wants to get the chair for the security salesman right. for the security exactly. guard. Exactly. That's the. And then he walks over and he's like, "Hey, I might be owning, I might be running this place in a couple yes. of years." Nick, I'm sorry, sir, I didn't yes, know. That's, oh that's man, yep. very yeah. yeah. All these double dippers are so 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 uh, obscure, <laughs> and I'm, I feel like a total tool right now. I do know Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You catch me on an off day. No, that's awesome. No, hey, stuff. anytime, you, anytime we can catch these people that were in a Seinfeld episode, we should totally do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Those I mean, are all I can't good believe finds. We have two in one episode, in one curb episode. It's great. Yeah. Um, and both really great too, especially this guy. So, um, the scene then goes on, um, you know, he walks away and, and Mary has a, you know, he, I guess he asked something about like something that he wore and they were like, no, you look very handsome in it. And then, uh, the employee comes back and says, sir, excuse me, uh, is this the shoe? And he's like, I, and he has like this weird delivery. He's like, I hope that you're a nine. Yeah. Uh, and we learned that Larry David's a size 11. What size is shoe are you, Ray? That's absurd. I'm a... That's huge. Well, actually, now that I think about it, I'm a... Yeah, I'm like a sneaker. I'm like a 10 and a half. I've actually... I just re- actually, I just recently bought an 11 because the 10 and a halfs were wow. like a little tight. Yeah, I have wide. I have a wide foot. So oh, that, yeah. that's part okay. of it. You know, it's not really... That's probably It's not really it. the length. You know, it's the width. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh... uh the employee seems like a little distraught uh, and he's like, you know, we don't have that size, but I could order it for you. And he tells me he needs some more information. And he walks him over to the register. And I love this. You can kind of see a mouth and he says, this is a good shoe um, as they're walking away. And that's something that like a shoe salesman, you know, would totally say. But I also kind of find it like meaningless, uh, like unless you're like a cobbler and you're actually like manufacturing shoes, like. I don't know. It's like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you go to a store and they're just like, oh, this is a great shoe. Or they'll be like, oh, we sell a lot of these. And it's just like, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know, but I just kind of thought that was So funny. he reminds me of, uh, my wife and I just recently bought a new mattress and um, the mattress salesman, I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, this guy, this guy's really passionate about mattresses. I mean, he's not like. He's not like John Serta, you know, like he's not he's not like literally like making yeah. making the mattresses or he's selling all of these different brands. But he was so methodical and like you'd lay down on the mattress and you'd be like, now this this is cool, the cooling technology foam um, here. And he would like lower his voice like this, like really like near you as you're lying down. You really want to take in the the essence of the of the microfibers. And I, I was like, dude. <laughs> Dude, you take your job way too seriously, man. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to buy a sound system <laughs> exactly. here, man. I'm just trying to get my dad high. So he reminds he, this guy kind of reminds me of that, just like a, a little bit more like hostile version. Yeah, no, that that's a great one. And then while you were saying that too, it kind of reminded me of uh, you know the doctor versus the pharmacist. Yes. 
you know, who's, who's word are you going to take? Like, who are you going to listen to? The guy that makes the mattress or the guy that sells the mattresses? Obviously, the guy who sells the mattresses is, is on the ground floor. He knows what people want. He knows what sells. Right, right. That's um, very true. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, anyway, next scene, Larry is at lunch sitting between uh, Mary and her, and her mom. And, uh, you know, Mary says, blown away by Larry David. I've never seen a man take to shopping the way our Larry took to it today. Uh, Larry David says, I love to shop. Uh, states he can barely pick up his arms because he's so tired from holding his bags. <laughs> Such a liar. Yeah, what an idiot. So uh, and then <laughs> and, uh, his mom says, you must be, your wife must be very proud of you. And then Larry, total Larry David fashion, says, no, she's not. Not even a little bit. Um, and then you hear, oh, she's not. Oh, no, of course she is. And Mary says, no, she adores you. Uh, Larry David says, in addition to shopping, uh, that he loves to cook. And uh, it's so bullshit. <laughs> He's just I'll like laying it on thin. Out. Like that's such a weird yes. line. Yeah. yeah, nothing gives me more pleasure than cracking an egg. <laughs> I'll make you some omelets. I'll flip you out. <laughs> like you're um, flipping an omelet. Like it. I, yeah. 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 Um, but then also like make them so good that it'll flip. It'll exactly. flip your mind or whatever. Exactly. Uh, Mary goes, "That is so sexy." And obviously, her mother does not approve because she's old fashioned. And she's like, "Oh, we're friends. It's no big deal." Um, and Larry's really winning in this scene, right? He's laying it on thick. He's got both these women, like, just eating on the palm of his hands. And it kind of reminds me of George, the way that he acts with um, with her mom is just, like, he how George is, like, I'm so great with the moms. If I could date the moms and have sex with the daughters, then I really have something going on. And that's kind of what he's doing. Because I think, you know, obviously we talked about before how George character is based partly off Larry David. Right. And Larry David, you know, in his own mind is like, if I can have Mary, if she can see me be so good with her mom, she'll be more attracted right. to me. Right. Um, and like, that's probably why he goes on with the cooking line. But then you know that he can't keep winning, right? Because that's just not what the show is about. Uh, and so that ends right here when he goes and takes a drink. <laughs> and both glasses are so close to each other and he takes the drink um, and uh, you could, we're going to play the audio right here so you guys can hear it because um, it's funny how he just reacts to it oh no Larry Larry honey that, that's my wallet uh, excuse me But then, you know, it's just ridiculous, like, that, that, I don't know if he's clearing his, it sounds like he's clearing his throat at first, but then it's just, like, really awkward. What did you yeah, get out of this, so, Ray? What did you- I thought, like, at first, it, if he really wanted to play it off, he could have, like, tried to just pretend like it went down the wrong pipe or something and, like, coughed, which is kind of, like, what he's trying to do, but I, I listened to it a couple of times, or watched it a couple of times, and he's just, like, going, like, oh, oh, like, like, disgusted, you know, which is just Yeah, so it takes bad. it just a little further than clearing. Because yeah. I could see, like, if you take a step, you're like, oh, no, Larry, that's my glass. You get kind of get shocked by it, and you might go down the wrong tube. Right. But he also does nothing to be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, I was just clearing my throat. He just lets it go. You know, he sit. just lets yeah. it go. <laughs> it's so bad. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right, that's the begin- beginning of the end. Yes, it, that's when this episode starts to yeah. turn. So, uh, season seven, uh, season seven, my gosh, uh, scene seven, uh, Larry David returns home and he's trying to like sneak upstairs with the bags from Barney's, uh, but Cheryl keeps trying to like call him in. 
And uh, so he obviously walks in and, you know, Larry, uh, she gets a little upset with him that he went shopping with another woman. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, maybe every time you've asked me to go, I've, I've never needed to go. And he's like, I'll go right. I'll go out now. And he says, you know, hey, he needs a couple different things. And I love this line where he's just like, um, I, I could get a belt. And he's like, I've had this belt for a really long time. And he's like, Ugh. I should have, I should have picked that up today. <laughs> you know, he kind of says that to like himself. Right. Uh, and then uh, the doorbell rings and uh, Ted Danson shows up and uh, we find out that they mixed up their bags at Barney's. Um, <laughs> Cheryl goes to the door too. I love this. Uh, he notices his shirt jacket and he goes, oh, Mary has the same one. And Larry goes, really? And she's like, in fact, she wore it today. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yeah, because um, he's like kind of sitting there like, Telling Larry not like explicitly, but saying like I know I know what your I know your game kind of thing. I know what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so they step outside to go to the car to get the bags, and you hear Ted Dance say, "What a day, heaven, just heaven." Um. And I never really got that on the first uh, watch through um, that he said that when they walked outside. So that was I was glad I was able to pick that up. Uh, Ted, you know, says I pegged you more as a sports guy. Larry David responds, you know, we should go to a ball game. And Ted says, yeah, I'd like that. Like really angrily um, as he's walking away. And then, you know, Larry David says, oh, Paul Simon this weekend. And he goes, yeah, why don't you and Mary call each other and figure out what you're going to (laughs) wear? Such a good singer. Uh, Yeah, it's great because you can tell it's like uh, um, Ted's trying to be kind of somewhat playful and bust Larry's chops, but also send a message at the same time. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, a little bit more than just playful humor. Right. He's definitely like, you know, not telling, you know, he doesn't really like him hanging out with his wife. Um, well, I mean, going shopping. And obviously Ted doesn't know that Mary called Larry sexy or said that the action of cooking or act of cooking and shopping is sexy for a man or whatever. Yeah. But like No, that's Is yeah. that like fair game? Like if you just like came home and were like, "Oh, wow, she's so sexy." Like would that like would Allison like bat an eye? Uh she, Allison's an outlier in that where she she would be like, yeah, she was really hot or something like that. She would do something like that. But there is a line, you know, if she knows that like it's just like super like whatever, it's no big deal. But if you know, if I was like, oh, she's really beauty, you know, beautiful on the inside and the out, and I'm like staring off and I'm like thinking about her, she'd be like, okay, like you're taking this too seriously. So that would be an issue. Right. Um, how about you with Liv? Yeah, you couldn't get away no, with that. She's, yeah, Allison's definitely an outlier. That would like. Just the physical uh, comment of saying somebody's sexy would 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 that would be probably more <laughs> more I'd probably be more in the doghouse by saying that than I would if I was like oh her inner beauty because like at that point Liv would just be like what are you like what are you talking about what are you talking about <laughs> yeah she'd like be uh, like you're freaking weird you know another yeah and another note about this and question for you too is um you know. You know, Cheryl wants to go, you know, she kind of makes this thing where she wants to go shopping with Larry. Um, and I think, like, Allison might be upset if I went shopping with, like, another woman. She would think it was weird, maybe. Um, she probably wouldn't think all that much of it. But Allison that's come out, like, she doesn't really like to go shopping with me. Because, like, I go in, I get in, I get yeah, out. Same. And she likes to peruse and stuff. So now it comes to the point, like, she every once in a while, she'll be like, oh, come on, let's go shopping. And then, like, as soon as we go out, she's like, I forgot how much I don't like shopping with right. you. Like, I, next time I need to go by myself. Is Liv the same way? Like, do you guys go shopping uh, together? And would she rather go by herself? She doesn't... <laughs> I was going to say, she doesn't seem like much of a shopper. And I was going to be like, what the hell does <laughs> what, that mean? What are you trying to say? <laughs> you know what? Let's, I'm done. We're done here. Now, <laughs> um, so, I think this is... this. So, this is even stranger. We're both kind of get in, get out. 
um, when when it comes to shopping, except the pace of our get in get out is still not necessarily in sync. So, for example, are you faster? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, okay. I like you know food shopping. Like it's for me, it's so anxiety like provoking because like people are in your way. There's like old people like leave their carts and like diagonal like you know off kilter in the center of the aisle. So it's like you can't pass on either side. Um, People don't abide by the like, you know, you go on the right side. If you're going the opposite direction, you're on the left side kind of thing, right? Like a like a like a a lane of traffic. Exactly. It's all it's just like absolute chaos, you know. Um, So it's infuriating. So I go in, go out. You know, we have our list. Liv definitely like doesn't peruse, but she goes at a slower pace. So she cannot stand going food shopping with me um we so we <laughs> no longer do that together because every time we try to it just like i'm like let like let's go like i made a comment the other time the last time we did it where i was like i was like come on like what do you like not know how to use a carriage and and some <laughs> random stranger heard me say that to him i was like wow that's harsh oh and like, man that's that's brutal. that's that's a curb moment because like if it was larry i i would have like piped up I'd be like hey why don't you mind your own business you know like yeah um or you'd be seen as like a misogynist exactly exactly so um and i was busting her chops i wasn't like actually like saying it like in a mean-hearted way i was like busting oh, totally. she like bashed into like one of like the uh display cases or something but uh nonetheless <laughs> yeah for sure we're 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 fast but like definitely like still off like not not in yeah. sync yeah you gotta get in sync so um and any guy can go shopping like if i was you know if if i was larry like i would go shopping with mary too and i would suck it up because i'm so infatuated with mary that like it's it's i'm spending time with her shopping is secondary mm. um you know to go shopping or go grocery shopping with your wife or whatever is like you know sometimes they're they're chores that you guys do together or whatever and it's like yeah, so she'd rather go out by herself. And, yeah, I find um, it interesting that Larry can focus on the shopping because, like, I know, like, if I was on, like, a date or treating anything like this, like a date where, you know, I'm trying to impress, like, a girl, I'm, like, I'm not even paying attention to anything else. Like, I, you know, it's like if you're out to eat, obviously, like, a lot of dates, you know, it's like I'm not looking at the menu. I'm just, like, focusing in on the conversation. And oh, so God, it's like yeah. you're constantly. And, like, like, you said it, too. Even when he walks over to her and he's like, oh, that's a little drab, I think, or whatever. He already has this level of confidence Mm -hmm. that I don't know where it comes from because we'll see like in later episodes that like he doesn't always have like the most confidence. Right. Um, uh, So it is kind of interesting. But yeah, he's, you know, the way that he's shopping and he's being so laid back and, you know, he's like almost like George in his his head. He's like, oh, you're doing great. Don't mess this up. (laughs) And then that's when he like chokes on the water. So so good. Uh, Uh. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, next scene, uh, we, really short scene, Larry David's office again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see his, uh, assistant Antoinette so again. So I got a couple of things and, I want to uh, say here that okay. I, I don't know if you picked up on. Well, first off, I, I'm not sure if they showed in the, in the pants stand, the very first episode, the shot, the outside shot of his office. Um, I think they might have. They did we, as an establishing, establishing yeah. shot and they have like that coffee shop downstairs. Yeah, so I got the info cause I, I, we didn't cover that last episode. So, um, I did some research and I had nice. a feeling for some reason I felt like I already knew this, but that the that shot or that his office was in Pasadena, which is a hmm. county uh, outside of just outside of L.A. And um, so the address. OK, because uh, if any fans out there want to go there, 
uh, is 84 South Fair, Fair Oaks Ave in Pasadena, California. Uh, I did a Google Street View, and as of today, uh, it is now a bridal shop and kind of like the, you can tell the bridal shop takes up most of that building, uh, the ground level. But that that coffee shop, which was called Second Cup, uh, mm-hmm. which is a r- real establishment, it was actually, uh, is now uh, called Crepes de Paris. Uh, so it sounds a little bit more appealing than just, you know, your average coffee shop. Um, looks the yeah. same. Building looks the same. Similar colors. Um, so that was definitely the place. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Any other notes on yeah, this? Yeah, and then the, the, other, the last one I had was the... Originally, you pointed out that the Sour Grapes poster was behind Antoinette in the first episode. Yeah, I did notice this. Okay. It's gone. It's gone. It's a different poster. Um, And the poster is a clown, and it says, Funny, jokes that injure others, waste time, hurt records are never jokes. Let's think twice. So I said... Do you know what that's about? I didn't at the time. I should have, given my, my... job um but it's a uh, <laughs> it's a um motivation it's a workers progress association uh motivation motivational poster and these posters were somewhat prevalent um in in the 30s now so i i looked and i found the poster for sale on ebay and the person selling it had it marked as a 1929 poster hmm. but that doesn't add up if it's a WPA motivational poster because the WPA wasn't formed until the mid thirties under like some of the new deal programs of president Roosevelt. Um, so I didn't have a hard date. I definitely don't think it's 1929. Um, I think it's like mid thirties. There are others. There's baseball ones, obviously like the most famous, you know, motivational poster, uh, of that era would be in, uh, Rosie, the riveter world war two. Um, right. So it's that from that same kind of mentality. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So I found that kind of interesting uh, and I, I want to do a little bit more research on that, but um, there wasn't much on there besides the fact that we could oh. get the poster if we wanted to. That's cool. Yeah. No, um, that's a good find. I did notice that, that that poster was in the hallway in the last episode and I did uh, notice that they moved this time. Okay. Um, so that is pretty interesting. Um, but basically this scene is really just to set up that... Um, that they still haven't got a call from Ted and Mary. It seems like it's now Wednesday, and they think the concert's for Friday. Um, so, you know, he's like, oh, that, that seems like plenty of time, right? And she's like, yeah, as long as they call by tomorrow night, you should be fine. Um, which, really, if they call by tomorrow night, if the concert was Friday, even if they call by, like, Friday morning, they're really fine. So Wednesday's still kind of early. You would imagine they would hear back, but um, not necessarily. And then, um, you know, she says this guy, Louie, so that's his name, uh, from the bowling alley called... Uh, to call him back right away and so we find out the guy must have his shoes and that's kind of how that scene ends exactly um so the next scene we're back at pickwick bowl uh louis sees larry david and he's like just like you know waves him over he's like i'm glad you're here and he points out the guy who has his shoes um and it's kind of weird and before we really get into it like like i i just assumed that like he was going to like get the shoes back for larry not necessarily call him just when the guy was there and then make Larry get his own shoes back. Right. Like, didn't, like, don't you think that's weird? <laughs> yeah, so not to foreshadow the scene, but yeah. <laughs> it is, first off, I mean, they're treating it like the guy, like, like stole his car. You know, it's like, that's the, that's yeah, the guy. That's the guy. Um, 
And then Larry asks, you know, is he a tough guy? Like, no, no, no. And I'm up, I'm up here if you need me and whatever. Like, almost like he's got his back. Yeah, but, like, he has no idea who the guy... I mean, if he knew the guy that well, he would have said, oh, I know the guy. I'll call him and get your shoes back. So yeah. how can he vouch to Larry saying, like, oh, he's not a tough guy? Like, the guy could, like, have a gun. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Um, and maybe he's one of those guys that's not quite regular. Like, he doesn't know him all that well, but he sees him in there, like, maybe once or twice a True. month. Um, just on a weekly guy. Um, anyway, Larry David walks over to the guy that has his shoes, uh, and we're going to play the audio clip just because it's, like, absolutely ridiculous. So here it is right here. Well, that's weird. That's weird? Yeah. What? What's weird? That he would give me those shoes? No, that's not weird. What's weird is that you would put them on. That's what's weird. That's... Oh, man, it's not weird that he would give me these no, shoes? No, that's a mistake. And they're not my shoes, and he gave them to me. Yeah, that's a mistake. That's an honest mistake. That's a mistake. Yeah, what's weird is that you would take shoes that don't belong to you and put them on. That's weird. Or even weirder, that it's like you left without even your shoes. That's not that weird. I had nothing else to wear. Oh, that would be, that'd be kind of weird. No, that, that's going to be weird for you now after I get the shoes back. That'll be weird. So that scene is just like absolutely nuts. Do you have like any notes on oh, any yeah. notes on that oh, or any yeah. general I mean, takes? You go for, for days. So the, <laughs> the the actor playing the shoe thief, as he's listed in IMDb, uh, his name is Joe Liss, L-I-S-S. Um, he doesn't have a lot of credits. He's got 22 acting credits over the course hmm. of, you know, third 25, 30 years. Wow, um, yeah. He was in Major League. Uh, he had a small role uh, in Wayne's World 2 as well. These are all small, you know, roles. He was in Home Alone 2. Um, but no long-term, you know, roles, nothing, you know. These are all kind of one-offs that your classic, you know, law and order, character actor um, yeah. type of deal. I, I didn't have a chance. I was wondering if he was still in acting because I think the last... Uh, role he's had was a few years ago so um i didn't have a chance to look into that but um really good like delivery and um i mean he you know i I i'd like to look up more because i'm wondering if maybe he's an improv guy out of new york or out of la or somewhere um and because do you think he's like one of the stranger characters that's ever in the show certainly i would say he's the strangest character hands down in season one absolutely um but like it would, he he would probably be like. I mean, we're only in episode two, and I haven't gone through everything else with like a fine tooth comb so far. But I, he has to be top five, which is the craziest written characters and and how he reacts to things. And um, it's very know, bizarre. Just, yeah, it's like it's non, yeah. it's not normal. It's abnormal behavior, right? Just yes. the mere fact of taking somebody else's shoes, but just the re- then you like you said the reactions. So. Yeah. And then I did a I did a little um I did a little game. So I counted the amount of times they said weird. Good. Yeah, it's a lot. Um would you say is it over or under 12? I'm going to say over. You would be correct. They say weird 14 wow. times. And I just I don't know. Like and we talk about um they definitely did in Seinfeld where they'd be like uh if it was something sponge worthy. Yeah. Um Larry David would be like, that's funny. Say it. Say it a lot. Say it again. Say it as many times as you can. He has this way when it comes to comedy where he's like, it probably came with, like, they were probably talking, like, what if somebody stole your shoes at a bowling alley? That would be weird. (laughs) And they were probably like, yeah, that would be weird. And they're just like, that's the word. Hit it a lot. Hit as many times as you can. Absolutely. Um, Well, and obviously we listened to the clip, but it's just, you know, it just goes back and forth where it's like, you know, 
you don't think that's weird that he gave me the wrong shoes. <laughs> that's not weird. What's weird is you would put them on. Um, what's weird is uh, you would take the shoes. They don't belong to you. What? And then he's like, what's weird is that you left with no shoes. And then I love how he ends it. He's like, that's not weird. That's going to be weird for you now. <laughs> As I'm going to take my shoes back. Right. Um, and Larry kind of has like a little like of a tough guy moment. He, I love that. He's like, no, that's going to be weird for you now because that's what's happening. And he's like, oh, you want them back. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's just so crazy. Right. And the fact that the guy isn't socially aware enough to know, number one, why would you take somebody else's shoes? Number two, this person's confronting you. They obviously want the shoes back. Yeah, if they didn't, then they wouldn't confront you. You would have gotten away with it. So I don't know if you picked up on this because uh-huh. so, this is one of the quotes that I feel like we've, you know, we've used ourselves a lot. And in a classic case of kind of misinterpreting or or misremembering, I guess, I always, when I would quote this, I would always say, well, what's weird is that you think that's weird. That's what I always said. That's not actually in there at any point. Um, He says, and you kind of already said, he says, what's weird is that you would put them on. That's what's weird. That's what's weird. He says it twice. Yeah. So I miss remembered the fact that he says that you would put them on i would just heard the what's weird is that you think that, you know that's what's weird yeah um, we used to say that all the time it's like that's not weird what's weird is you think is that you would think that's exactly weird. but that never um, actually is said so i found that kind of uh, kind of interesting um but i i wrote uh, down that i like laughed out loud when he was like oh you want them back because <laughs> i was like <laughs> and then he's like you know like he tries to give him that weird the really comfortable yeah. shoes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then, uh, then he kind of like, they both throw it at like the bowling attendant guy. He's just like, well, he gave him to me, you know, and he, what was he thinking? Yeah, he's and then Larry's like, yeah, he's a little nut. He's a little crazy. Yeah. He's just a little yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. At that point, like I totally get Larry's position. Like you realize this guy's kind of nuts. Like I, I just want to yeah, agree with him and, and move away, yep. you know, and from the, from the scene before something gets really bizarre. Yeah, and then it's just like camera lingers on him, like as the scene ends, and he's just kind of like, "Wow, yeah, he's like, like he's, oh man, like wow, I can't believe that just happened." And like, so weird, yes. just a weirdly written character. Um, something that makes the show so great is just those moments where you're just like, "Is this really happening?" I know, I know. Um, and then it's like yeah. because so many of these stories are based on real interactions. It's like you want, I want to know, like, is this just made up from? somebody's head or did this kind of something similar happen and you're we're exaggerating it right now like how did that all play out you know that's what i find right. fascinating uh, totally so did you notice um, as we anyway. change scenes here what happens i did establishing establishing shot outside a shoe repair store <laughs> with the frolic theme playing in the background Frolic theme yeah the, the main theme yeah. to the show and i don't think i said this or you said this last uh time but the frolic theme is uh, a piece composed by um, Luciano Michelini is the composer's name. Ooh. Um, I thought it was Wagner. <laughs> no, not Wagner. <laughs> you, sir, win $1,000. <laughs> uh, so, yes, and we'll, I can't wait to get to that episode. But, yes, <laughs> Me not, not Wagner. Luciano um, Michelini. Nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we are inside the store now. It's Larry, David, and Jeff, um, and we meet a, a store owner who owns the store. Do you have any notes on this guy? Buck Cart- Car- Cartilin. Car- no, Cartilian. Excuse me. Buck Cartilian is the actor's name. This guy, uh, unfortunately, just passed away a few years ago, May 2016. Hmm. Um, I find this kind of concerning. The last three actors that I've that have passed, that have been in 
curb so far have all passed away in in the month of May. In May. Oh yeah. wow. Um so he's had a prolific career as a, as a character actor here. So he's he has hmm. 77 actor credits uh, all the way from the 1960s through the early 2000s. It seems like he wow. retired in the mid 2000s. Um, he was Julius in Planet of the Apes. He was one of the apes. Oh my gosh! Wow. He was um, the he was Reverend in The Rock. The Rock with mm-hmm. uh, Sean Sean Connery. Of course. Um, he was in the Monster Squad series in 1970s. He was Bruce W. Wolf. That was a popular series. Um, and I don't know. I didn't get a chance to look into that. I don't know if the Monster Squad was a playoff of the Mob Squad or vice versa. I, I wanted to look into that because I thought that the names were similar and that maybe there's a relationship. And the Mod Squad was hmm. um, a popular series back then as well. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know he was in Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. And um, two, I think. I love when he has some of these older actors. Wow, okay. Um, anyway, so this, this store owner, um, he uh, he cleaned the shoes, and I have it written down as he used a desalter liquid with a scrub brush and then used a deodorizer spray. They smell like new shoes. Right. Uh, so Larry David makes a comment to say that, you know, that they've been fumigated. Um, and then Larry makes a point to, you know, put on his shoes um, before they go out into the street. Uh, and so that's when we get our next scene is uh, Jeff and Larry walking down the street. Um, Jeff, he says, get this. Smokey got me floor seats to Paul Simon. Do you think he means Smokey Robinson? Like, I was trying to find out, like, who's Smokey? Yeah, who is Smokey? Right. And, and he... It's possible because Jeff is, you know, a, a manager and maybe, a manager maybe manages. Uh, he well, that's possible because later in the series he's managing John Legend, right? Another musical yeah. artist. So, so he does music, yeah. huh? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and so Larry David tells uh, Jeff that oh, they still haven't heard from Ted and Mary, and so they don't even know where to go, where to pick up the tickets. Uh, and then this is when they bump into um, Danny <laughs> from Barney's. Uh, and meet on the street. And uh, so we're going to play the audio clip here because it's just too crazy to um, go back and forth and recap. Hi, I'm the salesman from Barney's, Danny. You artist oh, the shoes? Oh, the shoes, yeah. 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 How are you doing? Good. Uh, we, they haven't come in yet, but as soon as they t- they do. Does um, a, a camp? Yeah, what, what happened was... Um, You're still coming in to get what, the... Well, let me tell you what happened. I, I was... Uh, somebody took... The shoes originally that I had I don't in a need bowling alley. hear the whole story. You're you're coming in uh, well, to purchase the shoes, though, right? Well, I don't really need the um, the shoes now because I got them I got them back at the at the bowling alley. How, how much is the commission? I'll pay the commission. Okay. okay? That is so insulting. Why is that insulting? How dare you? <laughs> that's not, not a how like dare you. I, what do I mean dare? I'm not dare. How I am dare? Not that's a not a dare. Whore. I didn't accuse you of being a shoe whore. I'm trying okay, to rectify the situation. You cannot buy your way out of this I'm situation. Not, People like you are the problem. Oh, yeah. Okay? I'm not a problem. I'm the solution. Well, you're I'm the solution to the problem, okay? So, those are... <laughs> those are campers. <laughs> those are campers. <laughs> Dude, this scene... This scene... Oh, man. Just totally makes it for me. It's it's just so ridiculous. We used to say this all the time, um, not jumping ahead too far, but, I mean, just the shoehorn line. so good. Oh, my God. I mean, did that just come... Um, like, I wonder if that was a first take right there, or if, like, somebody he said it and they kind of you know then they're like oh keep that line that's a good one you know yeah i i would imagine uh it's just um i'm just trying to think of some of the things that are written down um you know 
<laughs> you know, the, when he tries to tell him what happened with the bowling alley, and he says, you know, I don't need to hear the whole story. You're coming in to buy shoes, He's right? so hostile. And then I, I, I missed all of this stuff when I watched it, you know, back when we first watched it. It was like, I was nice enough to wave, wave the deposit for you. And then did you get what yes. he says to Jeff when Jeff apparently tries to butt in, which I don't even remember. He says some. He says, this doesn't concern you. This is between yeah, us. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. He's like, he's just like all, he's so pissed. Yeah. Because he says something to Larry, he says, um, you asked me to waive the deposit, and I did that for you because you look like an honest, honest person. person, and I trusted your face. Yeah. And then Jess goes, he's an honest person, <laughs> he's got an honest face. And then that's concerning. when he tells him, like, basically to step yeah. off. And he's um, like, I'm stuck with these shoes now. I was like, what does that yeah. mean? Like, the store. You asked, me to, you asked me to do a favor, and I helped you out, but I guess as long as you're taken care of, that's all that matters. <laughs> Um, you know, Larry, no, that's not all that matters. And he goes, this is, this is interesting. I had you figured differently. (laughs) I work on commission and now I'm put in a bad situation. Um, so Larry naturally is like, obviously the guy's upset because, well, we think the guy's upset because he's going to be short his commission, but it turns out that it's more than that. It's It's that, you know, Larry crossed him. It's the principal because when Larry asked him what his commission is while taking out his wallet, <laughs> he thinks that's so insulting, and he goes, "How dare you?" And then Larry says, "How is that insulting? That's not a how dare you." Um, and that's when we get the the amazing "I am not a shoe whore" yeah. line. Oh, uh, it's the, so, so good. good. And what I can't figure out is like this guy's a salesman. You know, I used to work in retail. You you place an order for somebody, they never come in to pick it up. I get it. Like, okay, you make you make somebody get a deposit to kind of like incentivize them to actually buy it. Um, but it's in stock. He's not the only size 11 that's ever going to come walking into the store to buy it. You keep it in right. stock. And a lot of times I believe those retail stores, like they can, they can just trade items too. A lot exactly. of times they're, they're shipping so much between retailers. Like, Hey, this guy never came to pick up these shoes. Right. Um, like he's not personally forced to buy them now because his client didn't come in to actually get them. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's just such an amazing situation. You know, he tells him he can't buy his way out of this situation. People like you are the problem. Yeah, I love uh, those lines. That, the, what, that raspberry noise. Yeah. The people like you are part of the problem. And then Larry's response. Did you get that? What do you say? I'm part of the solution. I'm the solution. Yeah. I'm the solution. And he just, <laughs> and just walks away. Like that's all, that's how it yeah, ends. It's so good. Uh, it's incredible. Um, anything else on that on that scene? No, I just love how it. I mean, the, I, I'm not a shoe whore is obviously the classic line there, but I I never really picked up the last part where it's like people like you are part of the problem. You know, kind of alluding to this like you're too good for the rest of us. And Larry's response: I'm part of the I'm the solution. Like I just love that line. That's, yeah. Next next time somebody accuses me of being part of the problem, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> the solution, yeah, and the one some of the points that I pick up, like you said, like I didn't pick up originally, like when he was, you know, he told Jeff kind of off, and then the other thing too with, um, you know, I, I had you figured differently, and you know, the the trust, you know, I did you a favor, and you had a trusty, I trusted your face or something like that, <laughs> That's like a it's great just. Line. <laughs> So funny. Um, anyway, next scene, uh, we're at the David's house on Friday night. Yep. Um, and they're just sitting there, just kind of like dejected. And uh, they're waiting for Ted and Mary to call. And Cheryl states, well, maybe they should call since it's getting late. But Larry David, you know, points out some good things. And he's like, they know we're waiting. Um, you know, it'd be so awkward if we call. And so, you know, he, he says this great line where he's like, at least lie to us. Call us and lie. We don't want to sit here like schmucks. Yeah. A lie is a gesture, um, a courtesy of respect. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the no call is very, he, he calls, he considers that very disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So Cheryl, uh, why would they not decide to go with us? I thought we had a great time. Did we do something to offend them? Uh, and then Larry, you know, in his normal fashion, remembers about the Barney's lunch with the mother, the mother's glass, and he's going ugh <laughs> like that. Uh, and then that's when you get that's when you get the Larry. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe like you're acting like you don't even know why we aren't invited. What's wrong with you? Um, and. I don't know. Was this like the Seinfeld arc when they were trying to cast um, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl's character? I feel like that was one of the lines that they had them do in the script was like a Larry, and I don't. I, I almost think it was like from this episode. It might have been. Yeah, I think you could be right. I mean, I, I again, this, this is interesting because they, you know, she's setting the state. Her her body language with this, and even with the first with the pants stand, it's already set the tone that this these types of things happen frequently for Larry. Um, so yeah. it's like she's just like, oh god, here we go again. Like how can? But I also think she's overplaying the the incident. Like I don't think that incident is worthy, <laughs> sponge worthy. I don't think the incident is worthy of <laughs> of a of a disinvitation to a big you know concert. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But I think looking at it from her standpoint, she's really upset that they're not going either. Right. So if she can pin it on something that Larry did, right. she kind of gets out of it. Cause she's probably thinking like, well, maybe I did something, you know, but as soon as Larry says, he could have said anything, you know what True. I mean? And she's going to be like, Larry, this is your fault. Right. It's not, yeah, um, she's like right now she's kind of off the hook. Like it's not them. Yeah. She's off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's like a, a short little like uh, scene break, so to speak, where just kind of fast forwards in time. And now they're sitting on the on the couch, um, and you see he has like the booklet from like the Paul Simon uh, CD, <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and so they're listening to "So Crazy" after all these years. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's like, I love uh, when he's like, "I'm not the kind of man who tends to socialize." socialize. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's so he's such a like, goof. Right when that happens, like Cheryl gets up and just walks away, like so yeah. mad, and he's just like sitting there singing by himself. Yeah. Um, He's got his, his shoes off. He's got his socks on and just like in for the night having their own little Paul Simon concert. So, and it's so fitting, um, like the song, like still crazy after all these years. It's just like he's just yeah. sitting there like he's so he's like such a stubborn him. He's probably been this way his whole life and he's stubborn and he's he's crazy. So he's just sitting there kind of like basking in like I'm still crazy after all these years. Right, and I took it as like you know him and Cheryl been married. I don't, we don't know how long they've been married for, but you know how crazy it is that she's still married, That's basically to Larry. After all, yeah. you know he's still crazy after all these right. years, and she walks away because she's like, "What am I doing with this guy?" It's <laughs> right. a good point. <laughs> um, anyway, next scene, uh, another establishing establishing well, hang shot on. outside. Bodies. I got a question for you. Oh, yeah, I just, just caught this. So. Larry, right? Now, I guess he's under the assumption he's not going to go to a Paul Simon concert because he thought it was that night. But let me ask you this. This brings up, a, a, I think, a point of division between the two of us. Con- ticket. Yeah, I know yeah, where you're going Tickets to a concert, right? Do you, on yeah. uh, the lead up, right? The lead, lead up, whether it be days or even that, that particular day, you drive into the concert. Do you avoid the music of that artist or do you embrace it and listen to it on repeat? Dude, I'm bad. People tell me this all the time. Not only do I listen to the artist that I'm going to see, I will go online and I will find their set list and I will try to listen to what they're going to play or at least have an idea of what they're going to play because I want to make sure that I like know, for the most part, if it's a band that I know really well, I'll know all the songs, but I want to know, make sure that I've heard the uh, like the studio album version before I hear it live. Um, 
so yeah, I listen to that artist. I listen to their live stuff, um, uh, uh, solo projects, whatever. Like I do, I, I, I dig in you hard. Are out, <laughs> you are out of your mind. <laughs> avoid, I know, avoid, avoid. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I buy That's concert so tickets like a year from a year out, I don't touch that artist's music for 12 months. No, no, I'm kidding on that part. But but the, for certainly the like the first couple, you know, or I should say the last couple of weeks leading up to it, I, I you know, I want to go in fresh, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's not like uh, it's like a movie. It's like, you know. A lot of we do this with Curb, right? Where how many we found season ten was coming out of Curb. A lot of people, I think your buddy did it, where he was just like, "I'm gonna watch season one through nine, so then when season ten starts up, I'm 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 in the flow. I already know them. It's the same thing." And people totally respond that they're like, "Yeah, you want to be watching all the shows it's so you get recapped and you're back in it." Sa- that um, and then we get to music, your version. and then they're just like, <laughs> "Your version." <laughs> what you just described would be like if the band was releasing a new record, and you're like, "Oh, I'm so psyched for the new record." It's but this. You you know they're playing the hits at the show, right? They're not, and you keep coming back to this insane idea. <laughs> they're playing the that hits, music man. is a different medium yeah. than movies. I'm telling and you, TV. I I like this. I mean, even if I know what songs they're gonna play, I like the surprise of the set list. I I personally go down your avenue if I if I know they're come like the band's coming into town and I'm not going, then I'm like this is my only way to like try to like feel good about it and I'll look up like oh what was the set list the night before or like um so you'd be like Larry David cuz you can't go you would try to make like your own concert right, right. but if I yeah. knew I was going like oh man I I totally got to got to got to go got to keep it fresh yeah I, I I totally get where you're coming from and I will say that I am a total total outlier in that I don't know what what is with me that makes me do that um, but it's something that I do, something that I totally believe in, something that I will not change for anybody. <laughs> I mean, you're not the only one because I, I have always, you know, you go to concerts early, you, you know, you tailgate or whatever, have a few drinks and, um, you hear people like blasting the music and it's like, dude, I'm about to go into journey. Like, I don't need to hear don't stop believing right now. Like it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, what, can't we just wait until 10 o'clock at night when they play that song? Um, <laughs> uh, I yeah, get it. Yeah. I get it. No, that was a great question. But uh, anyway, glad agree, you, to, glad agree you asked to disagree. That. Agree to disagree. Yes. Um, so we're back in Barney's. Uh, Larry David is trying to return uh, the half jacket, half shirt, uh, half man, half beast. <laughs> that's a great line. Um, doesn't know what it is. Great line. Yep. Uh, and then that's when uh, Danny walks over angrily and he really puts the kibosh on Larry David's uh, return. Uh, he says, we will not be accepting this today. Um, not going to play your little game. Um, I did you a favor once and I'm not going to let you mess me over again. Uh, you know, and Larry has this great line or this, you know, he's like, I'm not diabolical, which is like, I totally get what he's trying to say is like, you know, he's trying to play him in this role. Like he went in and ordered these shoes with the idea of never returning, but like, that's not what happened. And he wants to return this cause it's like, you know, Ted's making a whole deal out of it and he didn't get to go to Paul Simon. So he's kind of like, you know, screw right. them. I'm going to return this. Like I'm done with, with them. And and so it just it just seems like he's like being really malicious towards this guy, but he's not really. Um, uh, the, then he has this this great line. He goes, "Yep, yep, yep. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. It's so <laughs> I did you a favor, and you walked over me. You need to take responsibility for yourself." Oh my That's god, so it is intense. So good. Yeah. So the woman, um, the saleswoman in this scene, uh, the actress yeah. is Candy Ford. 
uh, Curb, this episode of Curb, and it was her only episode, um, was her second credited role. Oh, yeah. wow. What was her first? Um, her first, I didn't take down. It was something I'd never heard of. It was kind of a one-off. Um, was it TV? Yeah, I think it was a small TV role. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not even entirely sure if it was a speaking role. But since um, in and around the Curb uh, credit, she was in uh, Law, a Law & Order episode. Um, she was eventually in Will and Grace. Uh, she was Deanna in 10 Things I Hate About You. Classic, hmm. uh, you know, yep. rom-com of our, Classic yeah, rom-com. our generation. Um, and then most recently she was Queenie in a TV series that started in 2017 called Upstart. Um, hmm. which I hadn't heard about, um, no, but neither. you know, small role in Curb, but you know, played the part well and. Um, yeah, definitely like this. Yeah, because she seems really nice, really sweet, yeah. and uh, so is she the same person that brings him over the the Jack in the beginning? I right? believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, where were we anyway? So uh, that's when he sees. Um, well, he sees Anne. He sees Anne, and right? um, yeah, Mary's Mary's and, mom. Uh, yep. Mary's mom, and that's when he goes over and he says yes about the Paul Simon concert. And he says that they were there and she said, did anyone talk about me? Did anyone mention our name? She goes, oh, I don't think anyone mentioned mentioned you at all. Um, so he goes, where is Mary? And that's where we see that she's kind of shopping. And then Larry does this weird thing where he pretends that they just bumped into each other. And he gives her like this big hug right. and uh, <laughs> kiss and like starts like messing with her yeah, hair. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, it's so weird. But then like also her reaction is she's kind of flustered, but then also kind of like in a good, like she kind of has like a little smile on her face. Like it's not like a... You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not like a get away from me type thing. Right. It's like, you know, she's kind of accepting right. it. Like she doesn't know um, what to and do. Then Mary wa- yeah. So then Mary walks over and she gives Larry a big hug and um, asks why he's there. And Larry makes up a lie and says that it's a, a zipper issue that, you know, he wasn't going to return it. And so she's glad that he's not returning it because it looks so good on him. So she's kind of like still like a little flirtatious with him. Um, which is a good sign. So then I think Larry feels comfortable enough to say, you know, you know, hey, just got to ask you, like, what happened with Paul Simon? And this is when we learn that Paul Simon uh, is playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and they were going on Friday and going on Sunday and skipping the, the Saturday show. Um, and there's this really cute thing where they're kind of like, oh, you thought we had forgotten about you. And Mary pinches his cheeks and they kind of tease him a little bit. Um, and then Larry gets like kind of excited now that the concert's back on, he's back in Mary's favor. And, uh, you know, he does this thing with Anne where he's like, are you coming? He's like, oh, she's coming. You have to come <laughs> like, or whatever. Again, you know? sucking up to the uh, mom. Yeah. The yep, whole yep, yep. Yeah. Anything else on that, on that scene? No, I mean, I, the hair, the touching of the hair, the mom's hair, that was weird. Um, and I, I don't know yeah. if I remember seeing that. What's weird is that you would think that's weird. <laughs> right. Not the, not the actual <laughs> line. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so true. It's like. It's like a caressing of, of her, you know, kind of curly locks. I'm like, this is not yeah. appropriate, you know. But yeah, she doesn't really get called. Like, he doesn't get called on it, though. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't know. It's almost as bad as, like, uh, Nancy rubbing his arm last right. week. It's just, like, a kind of a weird uh, behavior. Right. Like, in, you know, I, I feel like if this scene had happened in a later Kirby Enthusiasm season, the woman would be like, what are you doing? Get your hands off me, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, and then and then Mary would have been like, what were you doing to my right. mom? And she would be like, you know, he was all over me or whatever, right. and that's how it would have exactly. ended or something. Exactly. Um, 
But this is also a really great ending. So we get to the last scene in the episode, um, establishing shot outside the concert venue. Um, we see Larry David open a door to a very empty luxury box where it's just uh, Mary's mother, Anne. Um, and we learn that Bill and Hillary flew in, and this was the only time that they could all meet. And we also learn that Cheryl's not there because her cousins Ian and Pam were in town. Um, so Larry David says, I guess it's you and me. And then it shows some like stock concert footage. And then it cuts back, and uh, Anne is asleep on Larry's <laughs> shoulder, and he's kind of just staring ahead. Yeah, he's and, got and then the, the song classic plays. miserable Larry face, like when he's stuck yep. in that awful yep. situation. Yeah, totally. Um, but but great end to the episode. Um, but yeah, that was it. So um, my ranking question for you is: um, So what do you think, Ray? Is this episode heaven? <laughs> That's a good one. I. <laughs> Uh, you know, in this binary heaven, not not heaven, I gotta go with. I gotta oh. go with not heaven. Oh my god! Because okay, I just you know it's hard. I are we? I mean, let me ask you this: Are we are we rating this based on the season or on the series? Hmm. Because that might change my answer. I guess it might. I think we have to. We it's season. One episode two. It has to be on the on the, the season. On right? the season. That's kind of fair. So in that case, I'd say it's heaven, because I think you know, f- looking into looking through episode, uh, excuse me, s- uh, season one, um, it's definitely one of the strongest um, episodes. And 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 just the sheer fact of laying down the groundwork of Mary and Ted, Larry and Cheryl, and how those relationships will change over the course of the series. Um, but the the heaven the just the whole fact of Larry trying to kind of do some weird stuff with this like platonic relationship or you know it's you don't really see this ever again with Larry he's not necessarily trying to have any outside relationships outside of the marriage with Cheryl um we don't yeah we do outside of the relationship doesn't doesn't she give him like a pass like later oh, on like right, where right, for right. his like, anniversary there's like a whole I thing he's like that. trying to date yeah and stuff. I thought that was yeah. after they split up yeah you're right um so I guess aside from that right that quote unquote hall pass um you just you don't really see him like acting this way I should say with women um yeah. while while he's with Cheryl so I think in that That's sense true. it's kind of a uh, an interesting dynamic yeah, that's so for me, like, I think this episode is is pure heaven because I, I love this. This is one of my favorite episodes of the season um, for that for that reason, because it we don't see this from Larry that often. So I like seeing this side. Um, like I said before, it's 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 grounded in reality. It's a really tight episode. You have a lot of different stories that all kind of like resolve and dovetail like right at the end, just like the first episode did. Um Again, Mary is just, I think I find her so attractive. So that's probably why <laughs> I bumped this episode up a little bit more too. Um, you know, just how crazy the guy is that took the bowling shoes, <laughs> how crazy the guy is that works at Barney's. That's shoe so you get like those so good. Yeah. 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 And and to be honest, like if we didn't have one of those two people, like if you didn't have that guy from Barney's, like this episode would probably almost be like a stinker. But like we do have him and he is really hilarious. Um, and I would say just like, you know how we were talking about um you know me like i'm in my 30s and like we're we're every time i go with my wife to meet like a new couple we're kind of dating so you know 
the the dialogue ran true that ran true for me where it was just like I've been in these situations before I know what it's like when you like one person and not the other but they're both a couple so you either take them or you don't take right. them um and you know following up and did we have a good time do we not have a good time and having plans and you not you know having you know any confirmation of what's going on and uh so I I liked it and I think if I were to compare the two between the pants tent and this one I would put this one first I, I like this one wow. a lot. yeah no I you've convinced me you've convinced me I mean really <laughs> like the the there are three major dynamics there's the the wacky shoe stealer um there's the shoe salesman in that interaction with Larry which is iconic um so right. in some ways just that singular scene makes this episode more than heaven um but I do love that yeah that double dating dynamic and um I guess as you get older that becomes more and more of your life if you are together with somebody Definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I like the episode. Do you we have anything else we want to add? No, man. I'm looking forward to. Uh, well, our next next episode uh, is on episode three, which is Porno Gill. Oh, which yes. that is okay. That is just like <laughs> that's just Kirby enthusiasm. That's the essence of a Kirby enthusiasm, you know, of this of yeah. the series. Uh, if I had to say so, you know. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we're going to be smitten over that one for sure. So, uh, yeah, awesome. thanks for listening, yeah. guys. We'll be back uh, to cover that Take one. Take care, guys. All right, bye. Do You Respect Wood is not endorsed by HBO. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Kirby Enthusiasm, all its names, characters, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders.